ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Uh, this service, the standing between the living and the dead service, a service that I would have never created on my own. God led me to do it. In fact, he's the one that told me for years that most Christians are not doing what we all used to do, and that is have devotions, have family devotions, individual devotions. Uh, some people call it quiet time. Some people call it um, back in the day, back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s especially, they called it family altar, which basically meant family church time. And um, many people uh, in our modern times started thinking that uh, church was all you needed. We did our duty for God if we, if we went to church on Sunday morning, and we really did it if we went to Sunday school, and we were truly getting down if we went to Bible training, training union and, uh, and have a three o'clock service. Uh, that's right, there was a time in the black community we spent all day and almost all night in church on Sunday. It was a thing. There's no doubt about it. That's right. Sunday school. Sunday morning worship which lasted which lasted in most pardon me, which lasted in most cases three hours or more. Then a special three o'clock singing service somewhere in the city at Mount Shiloh Baptist Church or Jones Chapel, AME, or the Pentecostal Holiness Church, un uh, uh, Incorporated. Somewhere in town there would be a singing at three o'clock with food on the ground, real food, like you've never tasted in your life, real fried chicken. They didn't have to go to KFC to buy any chicken because the women back in those days could flat throw down, including my mother, because she was raised by some old-fashioned black women. On any dish, my mother could throw down. When I got older, because my mother only did it on, on special occasions, she didn't cook throughout the week. We had, we had, uh, it was every man and every woman for themselves. Um, and, but uh, on the Sundays she did cook and she entertained, she threw down. I, in fact, I believe my mother was the best cook in the world. I really believe that. I, I guess most sons believe that. And and uh, one time I asked her to cook me some 
grits and uh, shrimp and stuff like that, which the Florida shrimp is different. You understand me? <laughs> Apalachicola, Florida shrimp is, is a different kind of shrimp. It's not what you get at Walmart. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no. It's a different, different world. Florida fish in the Apalachicola area is a different kind of fish. Only if you, because see, Apalachicola is the seafood capital of America. My sister was the first black woman to, young lady to win Miss, Bla Miss Florida Seafood. That's over white people and everybody, most of the white folks there. And the seafood, will, the seafood in that area will make your tongue slap your brain out of your head. If it's cooked by my mother, it's a different kind of thing. So I asked her to cook me some shrimp and fish and stuff one time, and and I was very serious, you know, I was very serious about it because I had a taste for that. And uh, and she noticed that, and she she turned and asked me. She said, "You really miss the fact that I didn't cook that much growing up." Uh, and you you really have an issue with that, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I told her the truth. I said, yes, ma'am. I do. I have a problem. I, I, I feel like you did not cook enough for me. I'm not trying to be offensive. We, we were not mad at each other. I was a grown man at the time. But I, 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 I did have a problem with that. Because she could cook, man. I'm telling you. Real potato salad, huh? Homemade. See, you gotta go buy yours from Walmart and AGB and Kroger's and all that. You don't know what they put in it. Homemade potato salad, man, woman, huh? Collard greens that make your tongue slap your brain out of your head, slap right out your head, huh? Oh, I remember too. She cooked some chitlins. She could throw down on some chitlins. Some of you folks don't know anything about that. Some of you white folks here say, chitlins, what is that? If you don't know, I can't. I can't tell you. I can't help you. You won't understand. Soak it all night long. It would stink up the house. But she could flat fix those chitlins. I mean, make, I mean just delicious. Now, my dad, he could not cook, but now if she didn't cook fast enough and he felt like his children needed something, he worked. He was a hard-working man. He would get in there, and his favorite dish was some old crackling uh, bread. He would fry some, like, pancakes up and put some hard crackling in there. Now, I don't know what crackling is. I know it's got to do, it has to do with the pork, uh, the pig, some dried-up pig. I and he thought he was doing something, and, and, and we were so hungry, he, he was. And then uh, you put some clear K-Ro syrup on. That's all we had. I just guess that's all we could afford. You could no Aunt Mama. You didn't have Aunt Mama back then. That was on a special occasion. But Mama threw down, and she could do that. My mother could throw down on breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever. 
Some of you women, y'all can't fry. You can't fry an egg. You don't even know what it means to fry an egg. You don't. You can't scramble an egg. One of the first dishes I taught my wife to cook was chicken cacciatore. Way back, over 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago. And so we had that last night for our afterglow meal. And uh, we didn't get the popcorn, but we, by the grace of God, will get that today, my baby daughter. Uh, we got to make sure we get that for her and, and all of us. Um, uh, my son Daniel White the Fourth uh, sent me some money uh, while I was sleep or sleeping or keeping up with the Queen. I think I was still up looking at the Queen. Queen is something else. She has that majesty about her, that authority. In fact, um, Churchill said when he met the queen when she was a little girl, he said she has a certain bearing about her. She's going to be, and I don't think he knew at that time she was going to be the queen, a bearing of authority. And, 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 And I just want to tell you, Charles and Camilla need to sit down somewhere. They need to abdicate and let William and Kate. They look more royal and more more uh, king and queen than they did. Uh, Charles, because I believe because of their evil that they did, they look wary. I mean, I'm, I'm telling I'm telling what the people said about them in the newspaper. They look wary and kind of looking around, seeing people accepting accepting them and. Nervous, buddy, Kate, whoo, she's something, she's the queen, she's the queen of the whole family, and, 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 and I'm not that crazy about William, but I tell you, Kate is something else, she should be the next queen, now that a rocket, I guarantee you that, uh, that, that'll keep some folks in the fold, but anyway, my wife was, Taking too long with the chicken catcher last night, I had to I had to rise and instruct her on and remind her. She, we hadn't cooked in a long time, maybe been twenty years ago. I don't know. I had to rise up and instruct her on how I uh, I wanted this done, and I wanted it done right now. <laughs> Look at some of you women, you're mad about that. It's all right. And so, uh, I know my children, uh, who are here, and they always used to enjoy it. They enjoyed it. We hadn't had it in a while. I don't know why. And, uh, and it was pretty good. Pretty good. But, but uh, uh, my, my mother's from the old school. She makes things from scratch. Back in the day, she doesn't do it. Now, uh, we always had some Crisco, not oil, lard. I don't even think you can buy lard today. I didn't say lard. I said lard. Mm. Buddy, it's white. You had to dig it out the can. That's some real good fried chicken. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd share a few things with you. 
Uh, I really don't know why. But I, 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 I will say that uh, this is one of my favorite services. I just love it. It tends to go long, and, uh, but uh, I think it's going to be a little bit different today. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, family, friends, and foes, <clears throat> and even foes in the family. I have some, and you have some too, if you're doing something for the Lord. The devil is going to make sure you have some enemies in the family. That just uh, goes with the territory, man. Don't be shocked. Don't be bothered. Uh, you're not better than Jesus, are you? He told you your worst enemies will be they of your own household, your own family. Get used to it. If you're going to do something for God, this is guaranteed. A prophet is not without honor. Save in his own household, among his own kinfolk. Well, why does the devil do that? The devil does that to try to stop you. <clears throat> and most preachers stop because they want to be like pastors, especially. And I love pastors, good pastors. You know, but some pastors that they, they don't have, they're not tough enough. They're not. Uh, they don't have thick skin. You got to be able to have that. And go on for God, whether your family goes with you or not. And there's no shame in that. As long as you're standing for God and you're not doing evil and you're not doing wrong, you go on for God, you go on for Jesus Christ. You keep your head up and keep on holding up the blood-stained banner. Let me say to Bishop T.D. Jakes, you're in the process, I warned you, God led me to warn you, but right now, you're in the process, sir, and I love you, and I thank God for you. You're in the throes of a principle that God uh, gave to me to give to the world of unraveling, and you it's like a death spiral. You need to correct whatever you need to correct. Uh, get back to the old landmarks. I ought to play the old landmarks the way Aretha Franklin sung it back in the day when I was a little boy and we lived in New York, Brooklyn, New York. We heard it almost every Sunday morning. <clears throat> if you can't sing, you can't keep up. Period. Don't even try. Okay? So when I play it, I'm just telling you you're going to hurt yourself. If you're white, don't even... I, it, I, and I love all my white brothers and sisters in Christ. And by the way, somebody wrote a book recently how that, yes, we ought to stand up for civil rights for blacks, but we ought not to alienate whites, and I agree with that. Amen. Amen. I'm a Christian. I'm a black Christian, but I love everybody. So, and you people are, uh, hell, some of you people are hell-bent on alienating whites and getting whites all upset. To this morning in the news, son, this morning in the news, son, right here, 
I'm talking to you and I'm talking to him too. This morning in the news, two articles I saw, two articles where Republicans believe that the country is heading towards a civil war. Now, I want to tell everybody, and I don't care if you like it or not, I want to tell some black folk especially, you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to help cause that to come about. Because while you're thinking about getting firepower, they had firepower for other reasons. For years, they have stacks of guns for hunting and all of that. Okay? They got a gun in the back of their truck. Bubba has a gun in the back of his truck already in the window for you to see it. Okay? Yes, there are some bad white folks and there's some bad, bad black folks too. Okay, don't put me in that mess, people. I'm not, I don't hate anybody. I'm a crit. You know why? Because of Jesus. <clears throat> you know why I'm still with my wife, Marika White, uh, who is rebellious and stubborn and proud still to this day, is because of J-E-S-U-S, -S, Jesus. That's it. Uh, if you're not saved, you don't understand that. You don't know what I'm talking about. But Ann Graham Lotz, she knows. But so let me just get back to Dr. T.D. Jakes. Now, I, I love, we all love Dr. T.D. Jakes. He's a preaching machine. You can't be, can't preach like that and be lost, man. I don't believe he's lost. Like one preacher said, one preacher called him a false prophet. I don't call him a false prophet. I don't think he's a false prophet yet. He, he keep on going down and fooling with people trying to draw him away from Jesus he will be in that uh, classification but you're in a death spiral what I call uh, as a principle that God has when he is dealing with somebody or a group of people or a nation things unravel when you displease God now, God led me out of the blue uh, to deal with uh, some of the things that you're doing. Now, and then uh, a YouTube extraordinaire and um, uh, some would call him a, he has a, a star. And call him a star, who claims to be a preacher, and is uh, he says he's a preacher. Uh, he went off on how you and your wife have handled uh, this situation that your daughter's in with taking somebody's baby, and then a white man uh, who I uh, do not uh, have much respect for because he divorced his wife and remarried a secretary in the church or whatever that's so he does not really need to be saying this he called you a false prophet <clears throat> so whatever you need to do to deal with whatever issues you need to deal with you need to deal with them you're not you're, you're not you're, you're a great preacher one of the best but you're not 
uh, above anybody. You're not better than anybody, and you can you can mess up and lose your power and your authority and become a footnote in history like your friends Bill Hybels, I think his name is, and uh, uh, the former pastor of uh, Hillsong. Now you know they were not supposed to fall like that. Brian Houston. These are your buddies. And if you don't get your act straightened out with God, you can go the way of them. I know you don't think so. We don't think so. We don't believe that God will take us down. God will. There's no big eyes and little U's in God's kingdom. But right now, things are unraveling. And so you might need to chill out with all the running around with big shots like Oprah and uh, Tyler Perry and, and all of them in, encouraging you behind the scenes with bribe money and everything to be woke and uh, be for homosexuality in the church, which is the reason why the church is in the mess it is today because we cross a line with God. We have crossed a line. You don't want to be a part of that. You need to get back to the old landmarks, my brother, and one of the greatest preachers who's ever, who ever lived. <clears throat> get back to the old landmarks. Get back to your people in Dallas who love you. Big mama and them, single mother with children. Your old-fashioned saints who prayed you through. They don't see you anymore. They don't hear from you anymore. They hear the preaching. That's good. You, you, and you've done a great job. Of course. That's, that's, that's what you do. And you've learned that too in recent years. That you're not a TV host of a show. You're not Dr. Phil. You're Bishop T.D. Jakes. Who can shuck the coin when it comes down to preaching. Okay. I, I, I knew that was going to fail, but I didn't say anything about it. You did the same thing I tried to do early on in my Christian life. I thought, because God gave me a little gift of writing, I could write anything, and I found out I can't. <laughs> oh, I can, but it's not going to work. God's not going to bless it. See, we can't use the gifts and talents he set aside for his use and for his glory to do secular stuff with. Okay? Oh, you can be a producer of a movie. That's nothing. You just authorize some money to go out of your uh, check and you let other people do that. You let the minstrels do that. You don't have anything to do with it. You just got your name on it, your good name. So, get out of the unraveling phase. Because once you get into the unraveling phase and you don't repent... And you don't slow it up and come back and go somewhere and sit down and talk to God in a real sense. Uh, then it's going to explode on you and everything's going to come tumbling down. God ha has his way. For all of us, Dr. Jakes, well, ain't nobody, I, I, I'm just the messenger trying to help you. I want to keep you in the battle with us. 
That's what I'm trying to do. Because God has given, you see, you don't understand, God is the one who gives you your platform. You may not understand that. God is the one who gives certain preachers a large platform. And he wants them to use that platform for his glory and for his kingdom and not get caught up in secret deals uh, pushing you to be for homosexuality in the church. I'm talking about same gender loving and all of that foolishness and, and, and having and hosting a Negro that I love and respect as well. Who, but who, because he got some money from uh, Bezos and he gave you some, uh, no doubt, uh, Van Jones, and I like Van Jones. I think he's a smart Negro. Uh, but uh, he's only doing this because there's a wider conspiracy going on to tear down the family. He knows better, and you know better, and you hosted him. Uh, he's up there talking about, well, you know, he had, uh, he had, he's having sex with this woman, and we chose to have a baby together. This is not a surprise, and we recommend it for other people. You can't do that. You're going to, you're going to mess yourself up with God. You're going to mess yourself up with God. And I know you're watching. You got some people watching. That's why I'm telling you this now, publicly. I held back on, on a lot of things for years and defended you, even to my uh, independent Baptist preachers and Southern Baptist preachers. Because I believe you're saved. And I believe your power comes from a prayer life. And you're consistent with it. And also from not living in sin. That's what I believe. Because no matter what kind of gift you have, if you're living in sin against God, you will have no power. And you learned that a long time ago, right before you preached that message, I bet you I won't do that again. See, every preacher is going to go through that. You, you, you put it together in a beautiful and powerful way. I bet you I won't do that again. That's a humble statement that you said. And I'm telling you, I'm reminding you of your sermon. I bet you I won't do that again. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, not me. No, no, because you got to. You, you, uh, T.D. Jakes, you're from the country like I am. You're up there near North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Charleston. You know what we used to say when we were children? I'll fix you. Uh, you remember that? Yeah, somebody offend you or say something about you. I'll fix you. Well, you know and I know and everybody else knows who knows God. God can and will fix you. Ask Brian Houston. Ask Bill Hybels. We don't hear from these people anymore. They're gone. They're out of the ministry. These are your buddies. These are your ace boom coons. And they all fell. Bad. I mean just so. A, 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 a total crash. So deal with this situation regarding your daughter. Do the right thing. Do what God tells you to do. In the words of Larry Reed, stop coddling her. Babysitting her and letting her have her way in this 
demonic foolishness and give the baby back to her mother, his mother, whatever the case might be. Before the whole thing comes tumbling down. And that that'll just be one part of it. We love you. We thank God for you. Man, you've been a blessing. And God wants you to keep on being a blessing. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 552, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 9 verses 21 through 28. And then, yeah, Second Chronicles 9, 21 through 28. Shall we pray? Holy Father, God in heaven, uh, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I praise you and help everybody else to praise you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and manifold and many blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Lord, I praise you and thank you for salvation, spiritual, family, life. Everybody in here pray. Everybody out there pray. Uh, don't just listen to me. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection, provision, mental and physical blessings upon us. I thank you for those blessings and I pray that you'll continue to bless us with those blessings. Lord God in heaven, I thank you for my mother and I was able to share the story of how she was uh, good at cooking. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for my son Daniel White the Fourth, uh, 
sacrificing and uh, sending some money uh, on his own uh, lovingly and sacrificially to the ministry here. We uh, overnight and uh, uh, via uh, the Gospel Light Society PayPal. And then, Holy Father God, we thank you for Dr. T.D. Jakes, one of the most gifted preachers uh, in our generation. Lord, help him to know uh, because he has a pastor's heart as well, a tender heart, that we all love him. And we don't want him to sink like Bill Hybels and Brian Houston. Because if they can sink, he can sink too. We pray that Cora Jakes would make the right decisions and be a blessing to her father and her mother and to the church by doing the right thing and not allowing this to go any further. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for we individually, hopefully, confess our sins if, the, if, if, if a person, uh, if the people who are with me uh, today are saved, they will have a compunction and a conviction about confessing any kind of sin, no matter how uh, small they think it might be. For Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us of our sins as Christians. Bad attitudes, hatefulness, racism, pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, witchcraft, bad attitudes and bad spirits. Lord, I imagine that a Christian person can get that way and be that way, and I, but they ought not to be that way every day and all day. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for the religious, church-going folks, but who are lost and they're blinded by Satan, and in actuality they're terrors, they're terrorists in the church. Lord, I pray for my wife, Marika White, who's been a tear for many years. As you know, I've been praying for her. I pray that she would simply, truly humble herself and let go of a religious event that took place in a Moravian church so many years ago. And, uh, Lord, open her blinded eyes, unstop her deaf ears, and truly save her soul. Uh, I can tell that she's under conviction, and I do pray that you will save her soul. And we have other family members, Lord. Uh, none of us in the evangelical movement, the charismatic movement, the Baptist movement want to say these kinds of things. We don't want to bring this up because uh, we don't want to tell the truth, but we have many, many people who are in the church and they have never been born again, just like the Catholic Church. And so, Holy Father God, save uh, uh, all people who are church-going and religious, they have an interest in religion. And there are some people who love 
hearing about the church and news about the church, good and bad, uh, they have a church sensibility, I guess, Lord, and an interest in church stuff, some for bad reasons, some for good reasons, but they're not saved. We pray, Holy Father God, that it would not be said by you to them one day, uh, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Because you've already said you're going to say that to people who are religious and lost, phony and hypocritical. And we pray for the irreligious. who are not saved and not even interested in church. I was that way, religious. I was religious but lost. And so I understand it. And so, Lord, I pray that millions would hear the gospel and be saved. And Holy Father God, at the same time, no matter how placid things are, no matter how peaceful things may be, Lord, we know the devil is going to jump. That's another thing we as evangelicals and Baptists and Charismatics don't want to say. But the devil is sitting in that corner waiting for somebody to drop his God or her God to cause a problem uh, that is designed to hinder the ministry. And so, Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, and since uh, the devil has used my wife down through the years, I call on you to cast uh, these demonic spirits out of her life and out of other people in our family and ministry uh, who have that problem. And Lord, uh, give them sweet victory, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, that things continue to go smoothly, decently, and in order, and that your gospel will go out, that others may come to know your Savior. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, today, please rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from our family and all other families that name the name of Christ, Give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. As you know, Lord, many of my pastor friends can tolerate a whole lot of noise and cantankerousness and confusion, and, and they have a, a bigger, uh, they have a, a wider capacity for that. I don't like that. Lord, you have not wired me that way. I don't believe we ought to have a whole bunch of confusion in the family, in the ministry, or in the church. In fact, I believe that every Christian home, every Christian ministry, and every Christian church ought to be peaceful and quiet like heaven. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would pave the way for us to have that kind of day going forth uh, again today. Help us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and prayerful, and, uh, and to keep an eye out for that devil to jump and, and to try to cause a problem. And the closer we get to Sunday, the more he's going to try to jump. <laughs> 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. And we don't need those problems, and we don't have to have those problems. There are not to be any discord in a so-called Christian family, or church, or ministry. And if the devil gets a lick in, it ought to be put down quickly. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you deliver each and every one of us today from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right. And to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Now, Holy Father God, as you know, I've been up half the night watching the Queen in all of her glory and uh, majesty and uh, uh, her authority that you have given to her. And uh, she will go down in history as one of the greatest monarchs in history. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for giving her 70 years, not in life, not just life, Lord, but 70 years on the throne. That's a remarkable thing. <clears throat> and only you can do that. It was good to see that she's still respected after so much trouble and turmoil. And Holy Father God, we pray that you'll bless the rest of the Jubilee and keep it safe. And Lord, we uh, pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and uh, get back to you our first love. We pray, Lord, for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning around the world. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you draw those people who are mourning over the death of loved ones from the coronavirus plague and other issues and plagues. Uh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would draw them to yourself for salvation. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that for all of us who name the name of Christ, lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our hearts and minds, souls, and spirits. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding and your joy unspeakable. And uh, Lord, deliver us. Uh, Lord, uh, help us first to truly confess our sins as your people and repent of our sins and do right by you. And then, Lord, help us and deliver us from all distresses and afflictions for those of us who are saved. Lord, I know that there are some people who are more interested in what I would say instead of um, being uh, interested in prayer and how that they should be praying. Their life, their day will go better. They'll have more peace. They'll have more joy deep down inside. Nothing will discombobulate them. They'll be ready for any sudden attack of Satan 
coming from family, friends, or foes, red, yellow, black, or white. They'll be ready, Freddy and Ready Betty. And so, Lord, uh, I do pray that you will deliver us today and throughout our lives as you have done for many years from tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. And like, and thank you, Lord, for loving such wretched, undeserving, uh, Lord, to use what we heard from your word and Spurgeon yesterday, asses as we are. Because uh, the truth of the matter is without uh, your Lamb of God dying for our sins, we would not be here today praying and talking to you. And we would not have received all of the millions and trillions of blessings that you have bestowed upon us if it had not been for the Son of God, your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you will deliver us also from spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, uh, student loan debt, student progress problems. We thank you. I think uh, something like $55 billion more has been forgiven. Help all of us to be in that number who have student loan debt, our children who have student loan debt. We pray that all of it will be wiped out in light of the coronavirus plague. And Lord, we pray for millions of people that you would protect them from housing problems, um, uh, housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, utility crisis. And, Lord, those of us who need a little medical attention, help us to get that. And, Holy Father God, we pray uh, that you would bless uh, and uh, protect our family today and all other families that name the name of Christ and all other people. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family evil people in the church and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us today the whole arm of God. Give us sweet victory uh, over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, place upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels, a wall of your holy fire, Cleanse us and cover us in the precious blood of Christ and help us to never take you and your blessings and your mercy and your grace for granted. And Lord, we're not even worthy to give you the glory. We're not worthy to even lift up Jesus Christ. And without your power, we can't do it. So Lord, receive all glory to yourself anyhow. Lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, from the puny things that we even try to do. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege 
and the great pleasure to read in your hearing. Thus saith the Lord. The Word of God, the Holy Bible, at Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 21 through 28. For the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Huram every three years once came the ships of Tarshish bringing gold and silver ivory and apes and peacocks and King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom and all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. Pardon me. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and raiment, harness and spices, horses and mules, a rate year by year. And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he bestowed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. And he reigned over all of the kings from the river even unto the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the low plains in abundance. And they brought unto Solomon horses out of Egypt and out of all lands. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I thank you for the richness, the power, and the blessing of your holy word. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, your unction and anointing to understand it, to meditate on it, to apply it to our lives, to comprehend it, to obey it and to preach it and to preach your holy gospel from it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. Uh, my beloved. And by the way, this is standing between the living and the dead, service number 700 something. My son is going to show me the exact number. Since the plague was announced, the coronavirus plague, my beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House Family Devotional Reading 
of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 145. We're at 747. Uh, this is uh, standing between the living and the dead service number 747. Turning your Bibles to Psalm 16.6. Psalm 16.6, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. My dear friends, you will not get writing like that any place else but in the Bible. Jesus, uh, Dr. Spurgeon continues on, Jesus found the way of obedience to lead into pleasant places. Now, we could stop right there. Is that not right, children of God? Allow me to say that again in your hearing. And most Christians, people who claim to be Christians, do not understand this. And I, that's one of the reasons why I believe many so-called Christians are lost. Because this is something that Jesus is going to teach you. The Holy Ghost of God is going to teach you. God is going to teach you to understand that. And here's the principle coming from the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Jesus found the way of obedience to lead into pleasant places. And you will find the same thing. Submitting yourself to God and to the Authority that God has placed over you and being obedient to God's word will lead you to pleasant places in life. Now, I'm one of the biggest sinners. I'm the chief of sinners today, okay? I'm the chief of sinners. But God taught me, and God taught T.D. Jakes, and God taught Tony Evans. And God taught David Jeremiah. I know this. I have. I have no. I. I don't have to talk to them about bad English. Nothing. I know this because see, because see, if you don't learn that lesson, you cannot go to the pleasant places. If you don't learn the lesson of obedience, you will not continue much further in God's ministry and work with His blessings. That's not happening. Bad English. For nobody. Okay? I don't care who you are. I don't care what seminary you went to or what cemetery you went to. If you don't learn the lesson of obedience through the chastisement of God, my dear friends, you're not going far with God and you will not enjoy the pleasant places. No, sir, no, ma'am. Now, now, let me just give you a, a, a modern day example. God chastised me for some sin and evil that I did way back before I even met my wife. And by the grace of God, I learned my lesson. 
do not mess with God. That's why I keep telling you this. And you, you're thinking the same way I used to think. God is so loving and God is so gracious and God is so merciful. He's not going to chastise me. I just don't want these human beings to chastise me. I don't want to be chastised by you. But I'm here to tell you that God will take you to the woodshed and whip your butt real good. And I guarantee you, uh, you'll never forget it if you're a child of God. Oh, yes. And if you're a smart child of God, you won't do that again. Thus the sermon by T.D. Jakes. You're not going to. Uh -uh. Look at me. Look at me real good. Look into my eyes. You're not going to do that again. <laughs> If you want to be blessed. Now there are some rebellious people who got to go through it two or three times. And that's going to be six, eight, nine, ten years of your life. Because God does not play. And God is very thorough. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God will deal with you. Now, now. You say, well, preacher... Why are you still married to your wife and your wife is right there helping you in the minute after 34 years and you, you're praying for her all of these years to get saved? The reason why she's not getting saved is because of her Jamaican pride. All Jamaican people know about it. All black Americans know about it. But see, black Americans have not helped Jamaicans by telling them the truth. It's a pharaohistic pride, it's a deadly pride, and stubbornness and rebelliousness. Don't tell me because I have pastor friends whose ministries were destroyed because of a prideful Jamaican woman. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell I don't want to hear it. And I know you don't like it. I got Jamaican for, for, for friends and family members who don't like it. But it's the truth. That's why their marriages are shot to hell. Okay, now, you say, well, preacher, why are you still mad after going on 35 years? Because I fear God. See? And there's some good things that she does for me that uh, some other women would not do. So, that's that. But I fear God is the main thing. I don't want to, because if I get divorced, I'm going to be looking for somebody else to remarry and to be living in adultery and causing them to live in adultery. Now, what am I getting at? I'm getting at this right here. After 42 years of serving the Lord, after being chastised by the Lord, and somehow he gave me the grace to say, Lord, thank you for chastising me so that I will not stay the way I am. Now, that, that, that's, what I, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. I, I'm rebellious from day one. I was rebellious against the most loving man on earth, my father, for no reason other than the fact the man was preaching the gospel, and I didn't want to be a part of that. That's it. The man never did me wrong. My father never. Now, now as, as an older man, I believe that he should have whipped my butt, but he didn't do so. Never. My father never whipped me. It was my mother who did that. Thank God she tried. Now, 
And then one time I was about 13 years old, 14 years old, and she tried to whip me. She was whipping me, and I didn't cry. That was pretty much it. <laughs> she said, I'm going to send you to reform school. Now, that right there was, you know, that, that's, you didn't want to hear that. That's how bad I was. But, but uh, I was rebellious from day one. So I'm not the kind to say to the Lord, thank you for chastising me. So that I won't stay the same old evil way that I am. But I did. That's him. That's not me. And I learned my lesson from that one shot. From that one period of chastisement. And I remember the day it started. Where am I, where am I going with this? Well, because I learned obedience through the things I suffered. By the grace of God, I have not been perfect since then but I know how far I can go with God before I get under his hand he does not play he does not care who you are or how talented you are gifted you are because he's the one who gave you the talent so he doesn't care about that he will shut you down and not let you go into the pleasant places see okay now God has blessed me to go into the pleasant places even without the 100% uh, uh, loving support of my wife. And she has not gone to the pleasant places yet. That's why I'm praying for her to get saved. Now, I've been praying for her for many years to do this. One time when we were in Macon, I actually said, listen, you need to get saved. Let's pray. And she reluctantly bowed her head and prayed. But she didn't get saved because it's the pride in her heart. So she has not gotten to the pleasant places. She has not enjoyed the pleasant places. Why? Because of her not being saved first, but her uh, rebelliousness and disobedience. She has not learned obedience yet. She's, she's, she has learned it more, you know, over the years, but not, not, not quite where she needs to be. So, yes, evangelicals, yes, charismatics, yes, my sweet Baptists, I love you all. A, a spouse can be blessed of the Lord because they learn obedience, and the other spouse not blessed. And not in the pleasant place. I'm in the pleasant places by the grace of God. I raise my children by myself with insisting that she does the dirty work. So she gave me some help. And I'm here to tell you that God will put you in the pleasant places if you learn obedience. That does not mean always your spouse will be going with you in the pleasant places. I know that's not popular. I know that's not sweet evangelicalism. But it's true. And what most husbands do is they cover up for the wife and hide everything and so forth and so on. And make it seem like it's just they're both going through to, and, and want to have, you know, both going to the pleasant places. And that's how it should be. But that's not how it always is. That's a modern day example in my own family. 
that you can take as an example for anybody in any situation. But if you don't learn obedience, you're not going to listen to me very carefully. Look at me very good. Look in my eyes and see if I'm playing with you. You're not going to the pleasant places if you don't learn obedience to God. That's not happening. Notwithstanding, Spurgeon continues, all the sorrows which marred his continence, he exclaimed, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. It may seem strange, but while no other man was ever so thoroughly acquainted He said, thoroughly acquainted with grief. By the way, are you acquainted with grief? Does it bother you that 17 little children, beautiful, angelic looking, smart, bright children, destined to change the world, got killed by a demonic clown? Does that, 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 that doesn't bring a tear to your eye? How about yesterday when a grandmother saw her grandchild graduate from high school, I think, and, 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 and shooting uh, rang out and she got shot. Did she die or is she still living? Say again. She died? Okay, well make sure you put that in the the area there because I didn't know that. Grandmother at her grandson's graduation shooting broke out and she died. That didn't bother you? You 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 are you acquainted with grief? Huh? That doesn't move you? I, I was so proud of uh Megan Marco. I, and I believe I, I I don't believe anybody. I don't think this was a political move. I believe I believe somehow she, her heart was touched because she's supposed to be a Christian. I believe God touched her heart. Now I don't know that to be, but but she went down there to Uralde by herself. She didn't she didn't go down there for a show. Her heart was broken, and she went down there, and we saw that, and she kneeled at the cross. It, it brought tears in my eyes. I said, all right, then, Megan, you, you might be all right. And she got back in her car. And I, I, I don't think Harry was there. So she did her own. And got back in the car. She didn't do uh, no showboating, no, uh, you know, the princess way, none of that. She was serious. And I said, I, told, I said in the article, that's the best thing you've ever done as a princess. Now you're looking like a princess now. Moved with compassion. Huh? You got some of that going on in your life? It is our belief that no other man ever experienced so much joy and delight in service for no other served so faithfully and with such great results in view as his recompense of reward. The joy which was set before him must have sent home, or rather sent some of its beams of splendor 
down the rugged places where he endured the cross, despising the shame, and must have made them in some respects pleasant places to the generous heart of the Redeemer. At any rate, we know that Jesus was well content with the blood-bought portion which the lines of electing love mocked off as his spoil with the strong and his portion with the great. Therein he solaced himself on earth and delights himself in heaven and he asks no more goodly heritage than that his own beloved may be with him where he is and behold his glory. All of the saints can use the language of this verse and the more thoroughly they can enter into its contented, grateful, joyful spirit, the better for themselves and the more glorious to their God. Our Lord was poorer than we are for he had not where to lay his head, and yet when he mentioned his poverty, he never used a word of murmuring discontented spirits, or as unlike Jesus as the croaking raven is unlike the cooing dove. Martyrs have been happy in dungeons. Did you get that? Martyrs have been happy in dungeons from the delectable orchard of the uh, Leonine prison, the Italian martyr dated his letter, and the presence of God made the gridiron of Lawrence pleasant to him. Mr. Greenham was bold enough to say they never felt God's love or tasted forgiveness of sin who are discontented. I agree. I concur. You know, we, these Christians today, so-called Christians, who are always complaining, always whining, always never happy, never content, never satisfied, and 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 they 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 move into a new house, and they're not happy. They get a new car. It becomes transportation. They're not happy. They buy new shoes. They're still not happy. They buy new clothes. They have no uh, joy. They're still mad as the devil and mean as the devil. No contentment. They have a decent job. They're still not joyful and happy. Still full of sin and stubbornness and rebelliousness and evil. Because none of those things can make you happy. None of those things can make you content. Only Jesus can. And I cannot emphasize that enough for you people. See, you can be happy if you're a born-again Christian in a dungeon. And content and joyful. Some divines think that discontent was the first sin. Wow. Wow. The rock which wrecked our race in paradise. Discontentment. Not satisfied. One of the greatest lessons you'll ever learn in life. That God has put you 
in boundaries and you need to stay there. Some of y'all, y'all love to talk about boundaries based upon some of these uh, psychologists have written, Christian so-called psychologists have written about when you don't want to be bothered with people. Obey my boundaries now. We don't want to be bothered with your spouse or your children. I have boundaries. And you lay the book on the table and on the bed for everybody to see it. How that you have boundaries. But see, God has put you in some boundaries. And you're not happy in those boundaries. That's why you go out of the boundaries doing evil garbage that you ought not to be doing. You're not satisfied just like Eve. Certainly there can be no paradise where this evil spirit has power. What evil spirit? This evil spirit of discontentment. It's slime. Well, go ahead, Spurgeon. It's slime will poison all the flowers of the garden. Now, only Spurgeon can put it like that, my dear friends. That ought to stay with you for the rest of your life. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for this devotional time together, this prayer time together, uh, the reading of your Holy Word together. And now, Lord, we pray that as we move to the family segment and to the family verses, I do pray that you will continue to speak to our hearts for those of us who are saved, and help us to humble ourselves, confess our sins, repent, and change. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the family verses. We go to the family verses as we have done 747 times, counting today. The family segment. Family verses found in Ephesians chapter 5. And chapter 6. If you obey these verses, if you're saved and you obey these verses, you are to have a peaceful, quiet, loving, warm home. That is, if the wife obeys her verses, her commandments that God has given to her, if the man, the husband, obeys his commandments, and everybody has to obey their commandments for this to work and be smooth and hunkadory and joyful and cheerful. Everybody got to do their part. Unlike what the evangelicals have taught for years, mama does not have to do her part. Just daddy. Just, just the husband and the father. He must do everything. He must do his part. We're going we're gonna to really get on this case if he doesn't do his part. And we're not going to bother wifey and mommy we want to have to get away. Okay? Well, we're going to be hard on the husband and the father and on the children. But mama can do anything she wants because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But I have cast that philosophy back into hell where it came from. And I have many women, so-called sweet evangelical women, that are mad at me because of the things I have said from the word of God. And they're trying their best to get my wife to divorce me so they can be satisfied that, yeah, we got him. And uh, you have shot your best shot. And uh, she's right here with me, helping in the ministry. She act like she's more saved than you. 
some local and some across the country, they just waiting. How dare he preach that? How dare he write like that? Yesterday, for example, I'm not a fan of uh, Depp. I've never been a fan of that. My my children, they 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 love past the pride of pirates of the Caribbean. They I don't know why they love it. And, and come to find out, he had one of the largest uh, box office hits on his hands in history. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that the the uh, pirates of the Caribbean was that popular. All I know, my my children loved it. I, 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 I've never trusted Depp. I've never been impressed with Depp. But I do know and I have said that the woman is not always right. And I've said it to my sweet evangelicals who have bought into this damnable philosophy that the wife is always right if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, happy wife, happy life, I've cast it all back into hell and have freed men from that foolishness. Your wife ought not to be controlling you, dominating you, and, 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 and manipulating you like that. That's not of God. It's not in the Bible. Keep on coming at me, ladies, my sweet evangelical ladies who cannot stand me. For teaching the truth and setting your man free from your bondage. I'm still here. And I know you're going to keep on coming till you think you get me. Uh, uh, but God has a way of protecting his prophets. And, and, and you need to remember the passage. Do not... Uh, my prophets any harm. Leave the prophets of God alone unless you get into trouble because some of you all are suffering because you're messing with me. Trying to mess up my family. My wife stood up to her mother and uh Something she should have done regarding her own husband before they got a divorce and her aunties as well. And I told my wife, I said, for what you did in telling her that you're going to follow your husband and you're going to respect your husband and you're going to ask your husband permission to do something, uh, deep down she's proud of you. Because she should have done that with her husband. And she knows it. And all of you divorced women out there. Trying to cause me and my wife to divorce. With all of these unnecessary antics. Uh, uh, you need to get concerned about yourself. And your own family. Before you end up being divorced again. And stop controlling and dominating. And lying on your husband. And manipulating your husband. And I shared yesterday how that uh, some women, uh, first of all, I said, uh, the woman is not always right, as was proven, proven in the Depp Heard case. Uh, 
And some women, like men, will lie so much that they believe the lies themselves, but nobody else believes them. Only her. And quite frankly, and, and see, and all women know this, but they don't want to, they don't want to reveal this. They don't want they don't want to say this. They say it privately among themselves, but they don't want men to hear this. And there's a woman right now beside themselves that that woman was not believed and was uh, uh, and lost that case. And by the way, she's talking about appealing, which I think is very dumb. You don't have enough money to pay him now. You're going to pay another five million to uh, to appeal it. Uh, uh, just go away and leave the man alone. And for some reason, he knew he was going to win. But here's the truth, ladies, and you know it's true, and you, you're going to clap hands and do high fives when you're with your girlfriends. There are some women, and you know it's true, there are some women just as filthy, just as nasty, just as evil as some men as they want to be. And who will lie and deceive and and manipulate and all of you women Christian and non-Christian you know it's true you say it yourselves behind the scenes you would never say it in front of your husband because you don't want your husband your deceived husband to know your secrets some of you just as nasty and filthy and evil as you want to be and will lie and lie and lie uh, uh, without blinking an eye you're just as corrupt and manipulative as you can, you, you want to be. I'm talking about, not no, I'm not just talking about uh, the irreligious. I'm talking about church women. And you know it's true, some of you are smiling and grinning right now while you're drinking your wine with your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. But you don't want your husband to hear this. You don't want him to be liberated from you. And the power you have over him. But here's the deal. This is what I'm telling men. Women are not angels. You know you're not angels. They just look like angels. Okay? Women are not angels. They just look like angels. God did something real, real powerful. When he made the woman. There's nothing. There's nothing on earth more. I don't care what mountains you've seen. You nature lovers. Hugging trees and all. I don't care what scene you see. There's nothing more beautiful. Than a fine woman. Nothing. Nothing on God's green earth. So with that said. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 20. If you want to keep your marriage together, you need to understand this passage. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You've got to be strong in the Lord. That's one of the reasons why my wife and I are still married. Not on her side, but on my side. 
See, America stay together even if one party is not saved. The Bible speaks to that. The Bible talks about that. My wife, who I believe is not saved, she can leave anytime she wants. I'm not going anywhere. That's her choice. But she has chosen to stay with her husband. Probably after seeing so much divorce in her own family, that does not work. I don't know. You say, well, preacher, do y'all have a wonderful, loving, romantic uh, marriage like that? No. But in the words of Anne Graham Lotz, you can stay married. Anne Graham Lotz said the, the love ran out. She didn't love her husband Danny anymore. This was before 10 years. But she found out that if she's born again and truly saved, it's God's love that takes over. And she stayed married for another 40 years to her husband Danny. Until he died, had a heart attack or something, in the pool. And they had a pool in the backyard, I suppose, I guess. And he died. Death did them part. And see, this is what I believe. This is what Dr. Tony Evans believes, the great theologian. That are you saved? You're born again for real. There's things that you're just not going to do on your part. You're just not going to do it. You're going to do what God tells you to do. And you're going to have a healthy fear of offending God. You don't want to do that. See, once you learn that, once you're saved and you learn that God does not play, you don't want to offend God. You don't want to get God started. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. See, my beloved, I don't want to get God started on me again. I learned my lesson way back, nearly 40 years ago, way back. Do not mess with God and get him started. And see, you folks as, as a church, uh, as a church group, a multiple denominations, you have gotten God started and God is not playing. He's stepping right now. He's chastising. Jesus is chastising and rebuking the church right now. Verse 11. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The tricks of the devil. The strategies of the devil. The devil is going to zero in on your family with a nuclear bomb. A Satan bomb too. To destroy your marriage and your family. And if you're not prayed up. And you, if you don't have the whole arm of God on you. You're going to be blown to smithereens. Verse 12. For we wrestle not with against flesh and blood. Okay. This is the key point you need to understand. The, the evil that my wife has done. And trying to hinder the ministry and so forth. Down through the years. The devil was behind it and I knew it because of this verse. So there's no need to get all angry and, 
and 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 all been out of shape and want to get a divorce did i rebuke her yes you have to rebuke the human being in the flesh because they need to feel the pain of that so that they will not listen to the devil anymore if they are a normal christian person if they're not a normal christian person you got a problem on your hands they're going to be tossed to and fro by the devil every which way see And one thing I know for sure is that when you have a situation like that, God will have you praying a whole lot more. God taught me to pray without ceasing. And God used my life anyhow. You say, well, preacher, uh, does your wife reap the blessings that you reap and, and you have reaped? Well, she didn't do as she should have done. And the answer is no. Well, I, I'm an evangelical, and I think that you're only one, and she ought to get, no matter how she acted, she ought to get the reap the blessings. I mean, she's got some, I mean, she's got some blessing, but uh, not like I have. That's between her and God. We're still married, and uh, she, she can, I mean, as far as normal blessings and place to stay, food to eat, as long as she wants to stay with me. I have allowed her to do so. But the, the pleasant place blessings? No, she has not experienced that yet. I'm praying for her to experience it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you don't get a hold of this verse, child of God, be you husband, be you wife, your marriage will be shot to hell. And you will not be staying together for nearly 40 years. You must understand the devil is the one behind discord, pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, witchcraft, bad attitudes, bad spirits, and all of that. You cannot stay with the person if you always think that they're the only problem. It's, God, it's impossible to do that. So I'm going to cut it off at that point and pick up if the Lord tells is coming tomorrow, verse 13. Let's pray for others and other families. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, save those families that are lost, revive those that are saved. We pray for the salvation of those who do not know you as Savior. We pray for the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving and the mourning all around the world across this country, in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our personal lives. And Holy Father God, lead, guide, and direct each and every one of us in the way that you want us to go. Let your will be done in our lives. And Holy Father God, we pray uh, for all people who name the name of Christ, uh, who say that they are Christians, 
Uh, Lord, help us all to have, help us all and have mercy upon us all and forgive us of our sins of disobeying your great commandment and disobeying your great commission. We've done evil in your sight and we have caused this chaos and mess that we're in today in this country and, and in the world. Thank you for your long-suffering and your patience with us. But thank you also for your chastening hand. Continue to be thorough with us. We pray also, Lord, for uh, everybody who names the name of Christ. Help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to get back to you, our first love. Lord Jesus Christ, and then Holy Father God, we pray for all people who are in the ministry of government from the President of the United States on down. It does not matter to us whether the person is a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. It has never mattered for since uh, 1979. And Lord, we pray uh, that you will save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving, and lead them, guide them, and direct them in the way that you will have them to go, uh, that they will lead and guide for us all to live peaceful and quiet lives. And uh, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for all of the governments in the world, not only in the United States of America, but all other governments as well. We pray, Holy Father God, that you would protect your Christian people in Nigeria, China, and in America and around the world from persecution. Grant them your grace for their trying hours and for their dying hours, if that be your will. And that goes for all of us, Lord, for our day is coming. God have mercy. And Holy Father God, we pray now for all of the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague. Um, but Lord, we pray for the millions and we pray that you would comfort them and draw them to yourself for salvation. But we pray for some by name as we've done for 747 services today. We pray for the family and friends of California veteran Lao Dabs who died of the coronavirus plague, and we pray for the family, that you would comfort them, keep them, and bless them, and save them. We pray the same for the family and friends of North Carolina veteran Alonzo Adams. We pray for the family and friends of California veteran Sonny Fox. We pray for the family and friends of Utah veteran William Christofferson. And we pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts veteran Gerald Boghashian. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives. And now we pray, Lord, for the prayer requests that have come in, uh, the new ones. We pray for all of the other people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. And we still pray for salvation, spiritual, family, life, uh, financial, material, protection, and provision blessings, Lord, upon all of them. And Lord, we pray that you would hear and answer our prayers and their prayers, that they pray for themselves and our prayers for them as well. 
We pray, Lord, for the new prayer requests, and we pray the same blessings upon them. Protect them all from the coronavirus plague. We pray for Maris, for Jason, Michelle, and their families to get saved. Restore their relationships with Tecla and Amaris and help them to follow your direction. We also pray for Pastor Bushibi. Thank you for the souls saved at their church meetings. Thank you for the good report from the meeting in Soroti. Thank you for Timothy's continued recovery. Please heal Melanie's eyes and bless the surgery. Please bless them with a water well. Please comfort Greg's family after he was killed in a motorbike accident. God help that family. Enable them to register church properties with the government. Deliver them from economic hardships. Bless them with peaceful elections and bless them with church construction and financial resources for open-air gospel crusades. Bless them as they fast and pray. And uh, Lord, thank you for Pastor Bushibi, who understands the power of prayer. Because he is praying very strategically and giving us the privilege to pray very strategically with him for he has seen you answer so many prayers down through the years. Uh, we thank you for your word that says, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. We pray for Cecil. Please protect them as they travel to a family reunion and bless the Sunday school and worship service. Help them all to return uh, to their homes as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. Uh, Lord, we pray for Sasim Paja, who got saved this past week. Dennis, uh, uh, in Kampala, Uganda. And we pray for John, Joel, Niabaga, and Marubi, who got saved as well through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry. We also pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to Christ. We pray for Jaquetta, Sinhil, Dominique, Shijoki, Shijoki, and Teresa. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray and for his sake. Now, dear friend of mine, if you're with us today and you do not know Jesus Christ in the free pardon of your sins, you're not saved, you're not born again, uh, you can get saved today by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. I am a sinner, the Pope is a sinner, the Dalai Lama is a sinner, all great people are sinners throughout the history of the world. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner, pastor of the largest church in America. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God because we're all sinners by doing such things as lying, stealing, 
lusting after people and things, uh, robbing other people as we see today in the street, killing other people as we see. And, and by the way, 200 mass shootings since the beginning of the year. A whole lot of sin is being committed against God. Little, little children are being killed, being murdered. Dishonoring and disrespecting your parents. My son Daniel honored me and, and honored uh, me by honoring our ministry. By uh, surprising me with some money that came in uh, through our account while I was sleeping. Or at least resting. Honor your father and your mother. Obey your father and your mother. Both things. Honor and obey. Obey and honor. Are you doing that? Uh, are you uh, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain? These are all part of the Ten Commandments. I just named about six. And you're guilty if you're of age of many of them, and I am too. We're sinners. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. That means we're all going to die because of our sins. We're not going to die of cancer. We're not going to die of a car crash like the football player did the other day. We're not going to die of the coronavirus as millions have died. We're going to die. All of us are going to die because of sin. And if we are going to die because of sin, if God will allow us to die because of our sin, understand that God will allow people to go to hell for their sins. Because death is a punishment, a terrible punishment. And if God will allow us to leave this beautiful earth and go out into the darkness, God will allow us to go to hell if we don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to understand that. So third, accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and follow him, then you're headed straight to hell after you die. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody else in the Bible. He said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He preached more on hell than any apostle in the Bible and sadly he's preached more in hell than most pastors living today. 
And Jesus Christ said further, And if thy foot offend thee, it causes you to sin against God, which means you're sinning against yourself as well, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter, halt into life, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Jesus understood the power of repetition. He wants, he's making a point. That, dear friend, it is better for you to pluck out your eye, cut off your foot, and cut off your hand than to go to hell. That's how bad hell is. Your unbelief about hell does not change the fact of hell. You're going to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, most pastors are not going to tell you that. Most preachers are not going to tell you that. When was the last time you heard a sermon on hell? I almost went to hell being in church all of my life. You know why? I never even heard anybody tell me I was going to hell other than when they were cursing me or something like that. I didn't know I was going to hell. Most people don't know they're going to hell. That's why I preach it every day by the grace of God because Jesus preached it more than anybody else in the Bible. And the devil does not want you to hear that. That's right. Adulterers, those of you who are living in adultery, living in fornication, having sex with people you're not married to, living in homosexuality, all of you people are going to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that means you're repenting of your sins and you're turning away from your sins. And you know that. You know why I know you know it? Because you know what you're saying right now? Well, let me get my life together first, then I'll come to Jesus. That's, that's, that's the wrong way to do it. No, you come to Jesus and then you get your life together and he'll help you. Hell is a very real place. Hell is a sad place. Hell is a bad place. Hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you from Jesus Christ who preached the best sermon, the first sermon uh, regarding the gospel, and the best. And he said the most important words in the history of the world. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In order to get saved, dear friend, you don't have to get baptized first. I know my pastor friends don't like for me to tell you that, but that's the truth. You don't have to join their church first. You don't have to be in a beautiful, ornate church. Church, I love beautiful, ornate churches. In some churches, you get a certain feeling, I know. And I, I, I love church buildings. But you don't have to be in a church building to get saved. I got saved in spite of the church I got saved in a dorm room while in the Air Force.
You don't have to speak in some unknown tongue to get saved. I know my charismatic family members and friends don't like for me to say that, but you don't. And it does not mean that you are saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. All you have to do is what Jesus Christ told you to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, just believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So right now, dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered. He bled and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you, so that you can live forever with him. Print, ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul today, and he will do it if you believe in your heart, in him, and that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. That is the gospel. That is the good news. He paid your sin debt, and all you have to do is believe in him. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. Nobody ever told me that when I was growing up in church. Not even my dad. Because even after he preached, he, he didn't really get saved until he heard a message from Billy Graham. And he didn't get the training that he should have gotten. And so that's how simple salvation is. And you need to know you're being saved from hell. And, you, and you're getting saved from hell and you're getting saved to heaven when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you pray and ask him to save your soul. So do that right now. Believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ and believing his gospel that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Since you've never prayed this prayer before, you may need some help, as I did over 40, 42 years ago. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. and for the sins of the world. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul 
from hell which I deserve and save my soul to heaven which I do not deserve based upon your holy word by your mercy and your grace Lord Jesus Christ come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul and change my life Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and help me to turn from my evil life and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your holy name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, Go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So, dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us and let us know at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com so that we can rejoice with you and send you some free material, uh, discipleship material to help you grow in the faith to become the disciple that Jesus Christ wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, Please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer. Uh, Don't hold me to it, but I may be back tonight to preach, but do not hold me to that. I may get some rest tonight. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father, God in heaven, thank you for the privilege to preach your holy word and to preach your holy gospel. Thank you for what you have done here today in so many ways. Thank you for this powerful service, number 747. And Lord, we pray that you'll help your people as we depart from this place to pray without ceasing, to meditate on your holy word, to obey your holy word, to apply your holy word to their lives. And we pray that lost souls, as this message travels around the world on demand, that lost souls will come to know your Savior, and that Christians would would repent of their sins, pray, seek your face, and turn from their wicked ways, and uh, to be revived by you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen.